I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball. And of course, you're defending World Series champion, Chicago Cubs. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time! And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series! And I'll never get tired of saying that, even this late in the year. Hey, I'm Anno Catulli. How you guys doing? Uh, With yeah. me as a- Oh, yeah. <laughs> With me as always is my buddy Rice Cube. How you doing, buddy? All right. Uh, it was a very enjoyable weekend for sure, right? <laughs> oh, very enjoyable. A lot of tense games. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Today was more of a, a laugher than anything. Yeah, but it wasn't a uh, lot of close games. Yeah, it wasn't a laugher to begin with, but uh, it turned into a laugher late, and uh, I think we need to talk about that later on. But uh, you know, a lot of things have been happening in the world these days, and you know, given, for example, the demographic of student that I work with, and also just our own latent uh, humanity and political views, I feel like we need to discuss some of that stuff. So, oh, absolutely, because sometimes you just can't stick to sports. Life is bigger than sports. So if that bothers you, go ahead and just stop now. But most of it will be baseball and Cubs, but we got to talk about very important issues at the end. Yep. So I think that's a good plan. We'll talk about the fact that the Cubs uh, dropped their magic number again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think last time we talked about the roster, I actually uh, blogged about it in the, in, during the game because it turned out, like, right as I decided to start writing, the Cubs has scored a lot of runs. And so I was like, you know, why, why not? Let's just do it. And, of course, sticking to sports. So how's that for a plan, sir? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds fantastic. Let's do it. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. So it turns out that the uh, Cuz Magic number has dropped to two. So that's why you see a picture of Ryan Terrio running into a toot land on our page (laughs) right now. Snapman never gave never gave any less than full enjoyment. Yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, like we were saying, even it, before the All Star break, when they were floundering, just like, hey, this is a good team. This is a good team. This is a good team. And it turns out, over 162 games, they prove you right. And so we changed the narrative just a little bit. Uh, of course, the Cubs are going to still be a target, and uh, they still have those two games. So the magic number, for the, those who don't know, is a combination of Cubs wins and other teams' losses. And the, Yeah, at the moment, I think it's still the Brewers, right? I think technically they're still in second place since the Cardinals lost. You're well. right. Yeah, but because they start up tomorrow in St. Louis, so Cubs are actually flying to St. Louis after today in order to start their four-game set against the Cardinals. They have an off day tomorrow. Not the Cubs and the Cardinals, but the Brewers have an off day tomorrow. And that's the one thing that we got to complain about because it was just like, you know, the Brewers were always complaining about, oh, you stopped this game because of the rain and it stopped raining and you changed this time and you're just like, Dude, shut up. You, you have an off day, and we can't clinch on this off day because you're you're off. So now we're and, totally annoyed. <laughs> and didn't the Brewers change all four game times this weekend? I have no idea. The game times I know they changed wacky. at least two or three due to TV reasons, apparently, and obviously. But yeah, I think all four game times were kind of changed. Is that right? I, I didn't even know that. Like, I, I just thought it was kind of wacky that one game was 
was at 7, and then the next one was at 6.30, and then yesterday's game was at noon, and today's game was at 1. So that's four different game times, and it re- that really screws mm-hmm. up the routine if you think about it. Yeah. So because the Brewers are off on Monday, the Cubs cannot clinch on Monday. However, they can eliminate the Cardinal on on Monday, right yeah. there in their home park. And that's yeah. beautiful. Yep, and they essentially only need a split. If they split the series in St. Louis, it doesn't matter what the Brewers do. They're done. Yep, that'll be beautiful. Okay, so based on what I just read, uh, so let's talk about the teams that are currently in the playoffs. So you got Boston and the New York Yankees. You got Cleveland Indians. You got the Houston Astros, the Minnesota Twins, and the AL are the only team that uh, still needs to clinch, and they have a really easy time against the so-called uh, AL wildcard contenders. So that's it. The AL is pretty much set. It's just a matter of time before the the uh, Twins actually clinch. Mm-hmm. Only and, a matter of time. Yeah, and because both the Brewers and the Cardinals lost, it appears that the Arizona Diamondbacks have clinched the wildcard spot. And I think they're far enough ahead of Colorado that uh, they pretty much have the first wild card, and they are going to host the first wild card. Mm -hmm. And, you know, depending on what Colorado does, they will be at least a game uh, ahead of Milwaukee. Actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. A game and a half against the head of St. Louis, so, like, both, NL Central rivals, they are going to have a really tough time trying to chase Colorado, even if they are that close, especially for the Cardinals, who the pressure is on. Like, they've, they're they essentially eliminated if they lose even one game to the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, that final series of the year between the Cardinals and the Brewers is going to be pretty much life and death for either team. One of them is going to win two out of three, and knock the other one completely out of the wild card contention. With them being so close to the Rockies, and the Rockies pretty much falling apart, that series would be essential. Right. And I think the Brewers play the card in the red, correct? Oh, is that this week? I don't I even care who think. they play. We don't care And then they finish the up with anymore. the card. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Not at all. I was just thinking ahead for their playoff chances in the wild card. Yeah. Uh, the division is all but locked up. I mean, today, like, I was following the the Pirates. Uh, the Pirates were hosting the Cardinals in their series finale. I think they actually dropped two out of three to the Pirates that this weekend, which they is kind of kind of pathetic. Because well, like, the Cubs dropped two out of four a week or so ago. So. Yeah, that's true. Can't really say it's too pathetic. Yeah, but. If you think about it, the Pirates are using their I-don't-give-a-crap I lineup, the the Cardinals today. I don't know about their rotation because I honestly haven't uh, followed them that much in a while because I've been focused so much on the Cubs and school and stuff. But just looking at it, like because I guess somebody's injured and Adam Wainwright is coming back from injury and he has to be out of bullpen, they had a bullpen day. And that apparently didn't work out so well because the Pirates no. won fairly easily. So the Pirates get putting out their whatever lineup and the Cardinals still can't beat them because, one, they they don't have the right rotation guy, and, two, they're just like, uh, I don't know, they're lackadaisical or something. It, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, uh, good for the Cubs, right? Like, they lost. Oh, absolutely. We won. And that's all mm-hmm. i got to say about that. <laughs> and now the magic number is to – Yep. And the thing so, of beauty, the first, actually the second World Series winning team to win their division in the past 17 years. That is damn impressive. I don't care what you say about how stacked this team is, how it should have been a foregone conclusion. History and statistics say when you win the World Series, you don't make the playoffs next year. I mean, yep. look at the Giants, one of the greatest teams of this decade, and they they couldn't even repeat as playoff contenders during their magical run. It is damn near impossible, and the Cubs are about to make history yet again. Yeah, and I'm glad you talked about those Giants because, like, two of those World Series, they were definitely, like, the... I 
I wouldn't say they were a best team or anything. They were the best team at the end because they won. And oh, I, I think they snuck in a couple of times due to the wild card, and that, that was kind of wacky. And, you know, that it's it's just goes to show you, you just need to get in. And mm-hmm. I think the Cubs mm-hmm. are definitely going to get in this time. They are, they are currently at 87-68. They're five and a half games above Milwaukee, six games ahead of St. Louis. They will be guaranteed, like, if, even if the Cardinals sweep them this weekend, they will be guaranteed at least a one-and-a-half game lead over Milwaukee, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. by, by, the, by the end of all that. So I feel pretty good about, about this week. Oh, absolutely. Could it be our hero's moment? Could they somehow find a way? Will they rid us of these goals? And I guess, you know, feel so good that we, we should probably solidify the roster like now. <laughs> um, pretty much. I mean, I think there's like only one couple of, like we're going over last time, yeah. a couple of questions. I mean, are they going to carry La Stella or are they going to carry a third catcher yeah. in Avila? Or not Avila, um, Rivera. Or Rivera mm-hmm. or yeah. Caratini. Probably not Caratini. They would no, it'll probably be Rene Rivera or yeah. Tim Stella. Yeah. Third catcher or Joe's boy that he loves coming off the bench. I mean, I'd probably lead a little bit closer to Stella. But because Contreras can play the outfield if needed, that third catcher would help with a bit more maneuverability. So that's really, really good question of when it, what it comes down to. Yeah. And I, I think I want to shamelessly plug our blog at worldseriesdreaming.com because I did actually put this to paper. Like just as soon as the Cubs went up 5 nothing in the top of the eighth, I was just like, you know, it's probably a good time to start actually writing about this. And I know a thousand other Cubs blogs have written about this. I feel like the roster I put together is pretty good. So the top three. I don't think you could really go wrong. Yeah. I mean, 21 or 22 of the 25 guys are locks, right? So uh, Yeah, so it's coming down to an extra arm or an extra bat pretty much. So uh, uh, let me tell you what I think. I think there's going to be 12 pitchers and 13 position players. And – the top three are, in no particular order, going to be Jake, Arietta, Jose Quintana, and Kyle Hendricks. Like, I don't – I, I don't. honestly think that's going to be the one, two, and three pitchers to start the rotation yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, I know John Lester's like, the big money guy that they brought in to win, help us win the World Series, uh-huh. which he already did. But the way they're all pitching, you can't have John Lester starting that game. Right. You can't have him start in game one. I'm sorry, but he's been pitching the crap lately. Yeah. Arietta's been pitching dominantly, so he should open it up. It's either, gonna so? be, it's either going to be Jake or John opening it up. And since Lester hasn't really earned it, he's got to start number one. No, Jake's got to start the first game. Yeah, okay. I, I would I, say I, Kyle Hendricks, too. Because oh, yeah. he's been just as dominant, but as good as he's been on the road, he's even better at home. So mm-hmm. I want him pitching game three at home. Okay. So then I it comes see. down to yeah. Lester and Quintana. And because they're such similar pitchers, you don't really want them pitching back-to-back, which is another reason why Hendricks would be number three. Mm-hmm. And right now, Quintana's pitching lights out. He's got to be number two. You want to get the lefty starting pitcher in there against the lefty batch of the Nationals. Okay. So I think that Lurieta, Quintana, Hendricks, and Lester is the best way to go for the four-man rotation. Yeah, let me just double-check the standings real quick because I I think there is a slim chance that the Washington Nationals might catch the Dodgers and then the Cubs might have to face the Dodgers. Uh, in the first round, but both of them, like you said, are susceptible to left-handed pitching, and it's kind of interesting. And you want that, to get those lefty yeah. pitchers in there against their lefty bat. Right. 
And it's kind of interesting that you put Jake first and Jose second and Kyle third, because that's how I listed in the bullets. I just said, you know, I can, I can live with them in any order. Like this is the top three. Like I can live with Kyle Hendricks pitching first or Jake. pitching. Oh, I would not have a problem if Hendricks pitched first. Yeah. But I think because he's so much better at home. Okay. You want him, you want him game three. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because now, now, it's fortuitous that I wrote them in that order, and uh, yeah, that's that makes sense. So Jake first, Jose second, Kyle third, and then I I don't know. Like, uh, do you put John Lester in the number four spot if it gets that far, or do you use John Lackey? Because at that point, it's a matchup issue, right? I keep both on the roster just to see what's needed, uh-huh. and probably give Lester the. The edge, even though Lexi's been pretty damn good the second half, right? I'd probably give Lester the edge because he's a lefty pitcher. And okay. like we said, that the Dodger, the Nationals, kind of struggled against left-handed pitching. Right. However, if Lester's not on and he completely craps the bat in his next two starts, then you maybe have to think about using Lexi instead of Lester and putting Lester in the pen. Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, might Lester, make sense. Lester has uh, more experience as a reliever, in my which isn't really view, too yeah. much. I mean, Lackey's yeah. never pitched out of the pen, I don't think. Right. And Lester's had like two postseason appearances out of the bullpen, so yeah, I guess <laughs> by default. Yeah. So I guess we could talk about the bullpen. I think whoever isn't. Uh, in the rotation basically becomes an eighth guy in the bullpen because you only need four starters anyway. And, you know, in some extreme cases, you can get away with three. But we saw what happened to the Indians last year. Like, Corey Kluber had to start three times in that series, and he just ran out of gas. So I would prefer not to use a three-man rotation. So one of them is definitely going to be in the rotation and the other is in the bullpen. Uh, pretty much uh, – I wrote down in no particular order. Uh, actually, I guess it is in particular order because I'm looking at like low, uh, early, uh, medium leverage guys like Mike Montgomery could be the swing man. Brian Dunsing, of course, Carl Edwards. Oh, not, no, 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 no. I want to keep Montgomery in the bullpen. Yeah. Not in the rotation at all. We need him in the bullpen. Oh, Especially with how shaky some of the guys are. But mm-hmm. I'm fairly damn confident in our bullpen, no matter what people say. Recent yeah. performances aside or not, there's nobody I'd rather have closing out games than Wade Davis, even though he basically blew two saves on Saturday. Does that count as one blown save? Mm-hmm. Or oh, it counts, as, it counts as one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody else came in to pitch... Then he gets another mm-hmm. blown save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He basically blew a, uh, blew the save in back-to-back innings. But yeah. I'd still rather have nobody closing out games than him. Yeah, I guess he was Stroke, Edwards, Dunsing, mm-hmm. and Montgomery. Rondon. Mm-hmm. I, I would put Hector Rondon mm-hmm. in the bullpen right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Oh, probably. And uh, Justin Wilson has come on strong as of late. So. Yeah. He's definitely looking like he could be a fit. He hasn't earned complete trust yet, but he looked really good Saturday. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Joe's been putting him into medium and high leverage situations lately. Like, he can get the outs, and he's shown what why the Cubs traded for him. So, between Montgomery, Dunsing, and Wilson, you got your lefties set up. Uh, Carl Edwards, Strope, and Rondon, and Davis. Those are all your righties. Uh-huh. And then, I don't think they need an eighth, but if they had an eighth, it's probably not Koji because Koji's still hurt. It, yeah, it's like a toss-up between Justin Grimm, who had the uh, postseason experience and has been good before, Rob Sestrisny, who is another lefty, and Dylan Maples, who just, like, in his brief time with the Cubs, has shown some really awesome stuff. And I'm kind of excited to see if he would get the chance if they decide to go with 13 pitchers instead of 12. Yeah, he makes, it, makes an interesting decision for that final pitcher. Yeah. I think they only go with 12, though. They go with the 13 position players because, like, of the 13 that I'm thinking of, I don't think you can leave any of them off. No, they make we're going over last week. There's a lot of hard decisions. A lot of guys have earned that spot. And even with as versatile as all the players are, 
and there's certain guys that you just love getting off the bench. I mean, John Jay starting in pretty much every game. And outside of the first inning, the dude is dominant at the plate. Jesse yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rogers has fun putting out his batting average. Every time he comes up to bat, every inning outside of the first. Yeah, that's kind of funny how that works. I, I don't. I think it's just one of those flukes. Like maybe he he just misses the ball right off the bat or something like that. But you know, overall the the hitter is going to be good. And mm-hmm. you know, depending like he leads off a couple of innings and he still gets gets the hit. So it's not like him leading off the first should be different from the fourth. But maybe there's something psychological about it. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. It's it's baffling how some things work. I mean, look at Javi. He can look completely lost at the plate for the first three, four at bat. The fifth one comes up. Cool as a cucumber. Two Home strikes run, on him. Opposite field. He, sh- <laughs> he struck. Boom. Opposite field. Game winner. Yeah. But let's go through the positions real quick. Like, the, there's only two catchers that they need. It's Wilson Contreras and Alex Avila, as you said. That's it. Yeah. And then the infield around the horn, it should be Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Addison Russell, and Chris Bryant. That's the starting No doubt. Four. And that's uh, six people. Yeah. And so with Ben Zobris, Ian Happ, and Tommy Lestella, those are the final three who can play both infield and outfield, except for Lestella, who I don't think mm-hmm. has ever stepped foot in I left field. I think he's played the outfield like once or twice here uh, or there, but not somebody I'd want to play in an important situation. Yeah, and then that leaves okay, four. Okay, so that's nine. Yeah, that leaves four outfielders, and there's Kyle Schwarber, Jason Hayward, John Jay, and Alvaro Moore. That's it. Like, that's if you leave off the extra pitcher. And if you don't leave off the extra pitcher, I think Tommy Listella is just staying home. So there's no room for Leonis Martin. That That's the roster, and it's a pretty good roster. This is, like, the roster that they, uh, mm-hmm. they went to the playoffs with last year, mm-hmm. and I, I'm okay with it. I think Joe and Theo will try to find a way to get Martin on the roster, though. Oh, yeah. Because they love having those late-inning speed guys for a just-in-case moment. If that's the case, then, yeah, maybe they... So it's probably down to Martin, Listella, Uh and Rivera for that final spot. Oh, yeah. I'm only putting Martin there because they got him in the nick of time, and they love their late-inning speed guys. And Martin is a fantastic defensive player. I would love to see a one-run game with Martin, Elmore, and Hayward in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think they have room for three catchers. They need – like, they, they obviously were able to do it last year uh, with Miguel Montero, David Ross, and Wilson, but I don't think they can do the same thing this year. I think they either need – a legitimate bat, and that's not R- Rene Rivera, or they need. Oh, he's coming up with, with some very big hits in the right. the Cubs. Yeah, but I think they have enough like ready options that they don't need Rivera. Rivera is like a superfluous at that point. I, I don't. I I just can't see them carrying Rene Rivera. It's just a matter of okay, well, it's cool that you helped us, but you know, here's your ring. Sit back, be our Mooney Kawasaki this year and just enjoy the fun. But uh, it's good that they have him on the 40, man, because he can always, like, come on in an emergency. But uh, I don't think they need him, to be honest. I'm only throwing him out there because he has come up with some big hits. And yeah. Because, just to add some more versatility, give them the options if they want to put Contreras in the outfield one game instead of um, Schwarber. Yeah. But, not a good option, and I don't think they can really go wrong too much unless they do something stupid and leave one of the superstars off the roster for some unknown reason. That would require, like, a catastrophe, <laughs> and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think that's that's our 25 guys, and, uh, you know, there's some guys obviously on the bubble, but uh, I – if anything, it would just be a toss-up between Tommy Lasella and Leonis Martin for defensive and hitting purposes. Like, do you want a defender or do you want a hitter? That That's what I, I'm seeing. And maybe there's room for, like, a pinch runner or whatever, but I don't think I, – I feel like most of them are fast enough and also smart enough base runners that you don't necessarily need designated pinch runner. And that's why I'm 
picking Lestella over Martin. I can, I can go with that. Yep. More than just a game. Well, it's Sunday, and uh, with that comes football, and again, our, our yeah. lovely president kind of made national news, and probably yeah. what he wasn't intending. Yeah, and uh, much to everybody's chagrin, when just there's so much solidarity against what the president said, and we we simply can't stick to sports because even sports aren't sticking to sports. That's why you're seeing so much in the news about, you know, football players and basketball players like Stephen Curry, like sniping at the president. LeBron James is sniping at the president. Everybody is because, like, there's no hiding it, okay? Like, the president is, for lack of a better word, a white supremacist. And, like... I, I don't I don't see how you can avoid that uh, characterization of him at this point. Like the guy is just a little bit off, and it's unfortunate that it's that way. Like we kind of hoped at the beginning that you know, like we didn't vote for him, but maybe he'll do some good things. Maybe he'll try not to be an a hole. Maybe he'll actually be a good president and every single time every single day like my wife has a poster board on her facebook that says like days not being a national embarrassment and it keeps taking back to zero it's like horrible how bad he's made us look as a country as a people as just a society it's terrible and now I don't know exactly what he said because I'm just going off tweets because I'm trying to actively avoid being angry when I think about the presidency. Okay. But more or less, more or less, basically said. Now, I don't like swearing too much, but since I'm quoting him, I can say it: "Those sons of bitches should be fired." Can we talk about all the pledges that are taking knees or? sitting down during the anthem. Yeah. And just uh, from what I've read and from what I understand, there is nothing mandating anybody to stand up for the national anthem. There is no real mandate to even play the national anthem. I get that it's respectful, and I like the national anthem itself. Like, I sing it, you know? Like, I put my cap on my chest. But I totally understand when somebody wants to... uh, you know, like back in the 90s, uh, a basketball player, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, he decided that because of his religion, he should not be able, you know, he should not be coerced or mandated to stand for the anthem. And that's okay. And he got a lot of flack for it. Now, Colin Kaepernick, the former Cubs draft pick uh, for you trivia buffs, but he has essentially been blackballed for over a season because he dared to uh, be on one knee during the national anthem, and it's not a disrespect to the flag. Like far from it. He understands what how important it is to be free, right? To to be in a country where you're allowed to ha- show your freedom and to show express yourself. But unless you've been hiding under a rock lately, the United States is not very kind to black people, and that's the that's basically the simplest way to explain why he's protesting the way he is. Yeah, and it's a troubled world that whether you like it or not, is run by rich white people. And there's a long history of minorities, not just blacks, but Latinos, um, Asians, Anybody that's not a white American getting crapped on, and the simple fact that they're not white, it's disturbing. You'd think after all this time that we'd learn to know and love each other for who we are on the inside instead of what we look like on the out. But no, people want to claim they're superior based on the way they look or the tone of their skin. Yeah. It's disgusting. 
Yeah, and, you know, like a lot of football players today, and I haven't watched football in a very long time because the NFL has its share of issues that, like, I'm not going to expound on right now, but consider that, like, a lot of players are either staying in the locker room or choosing to be in solidarity, like even if they're a white player, they're being in solidarity, they're locking arms with their black teammates, they are kneeling themselves, they understand, they respect the opinions. Like, I am going to hunt down a tweet while while you talk, but there, there's okay, a going lot in, of, yeah, there's a lot of people supporting this, and then there's also... Going into today, there's only like a handful of players that were taking in the... After Trump's lovely little statement, you had entire teams staying in the locker room. You had entire teams taking knees or locking arms. I don't think he quite imagined this blowing up the way he did. Mm. Unless this is exactly what he expected to take the attention off other issues that he's causing. But this has turned into a massive shitstorm all because of his comments about a handful of players who are not happy about the way the government or America in general is treating those of minorities. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want to about what they want, what they're doing. Hey, that's your freedom, man. First Amendment. Say what you want. Call them unpatriotic. Call them sons of bitches, as Mr. Trump did. Yeah. Say they should be pushed out. They don't watch the NFL. That's your First Amendment right. But mm-hmm. guess what? It is their First Amendment right as well to sit down, take a knee, go to the washroom, eat, play on their phone, do whatever they want to during the National Anthem as a form of protest. It is their First Amendment right, whether you like it or not. And the fun part is, it's not just the NFL anymore. We had a guy in the Oakland Athletics who took a knee. His father is a military man. He was born on a military base. Try telling him that he's unpatriotic. There's um, NBA teams that are taking a stand against this. Some NWA, some WNBA teams. I guarantee there'll be a lot of NBA teams doing it now, too. I mean, Trump started a shit store with this tweet, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And now it's getting to the point where it cannot be ignored. Yeah. But until some white guys start taking knees, not just standing in their locked arms, it's not going to really explode until everybody shows unity and starts taking in the, I not just black they, people yeah. or Latinos, but we need a lot of white guys to join in. I think some of them are. And, uh, you know, like they say, teams are families, considering they have to like, oh, yeah. attend the film <laughs> rooms and whatnot. So Teams are like like, like are a fraternity. Sad. You can't. Yeah. We can say that about our brother. You can't. I'll go to war with him whether I agree with him or not. Yeah. And that's what's going on right now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So the very first uh, Major League Baseball player who actually took the knee is Bruce Maxwell of the Oakland A's. So this is my hometown team, and as you may or may not know, the Bay Area is notoriously liberal and. It's not really notorious. It's a good place. Like, uh, we had a lot of cool things when I was at Berkeley. I grew up fairly conservative, but I had a lot of very diverse friends, and I enjoyed that diversity. And as I've grown older, I've understood, like, why they think the way they do, because there's a lot of inequity in this country. And this is the land of the free and the home of the brave, but still, like, a lot of people don't enjoy full freedom. And it's really cool that Bruce Maxwell, uh, I think he's the son of and grandson of military personnel. He got a lot of input from his family before he did it, and he said, you know what, I'm not protesting the flag. I respect the flag. I respect the military. I'm protesting because black people are getting shot, and there's nothing do, being done about it, right? And mm-hmm. uh, let's go back to the tweet that I was thinking of the this is actually a former military uh, member his name is Mitch Harris and he used to be a Cardinals pitcher Mitch Harris uh, was a Navy man he went to the U.S. Naval Academy and he says 
America is the greatest country on earth. The First Amendment is a right everyone has. You can use it in so many ways. People may agree or disagree with how you exercise that right. However, this is the reason I and so many others serve this country. We believe everyone has the right to stand up for what they believe, and whether you agree with them or not. I hope today people see past protests that may offend them and see people who are trying to begin a dialogue that is long overdue. I pray we as a country can mend these broken beliefs to become a unified country that love each other and care for one another. So these are people affiliated with or like actually involved with the military in some way. And they are saying, you know, this is what I want. You see 97 year old world war two veterans taking a knee because they fought literal Nazis in order to make sure that we remain free. So what, what are we complaining about here? Are we complaining about the fact that somebody is actually calling out the racists now? I, I don't understand. Yeah. There's a lot of really good statements put out there by a lot of teams, some players. The best one I've heard or seen is from the Seattle Seahawks, who stayed in the locker room today. As a team, we have decided we will not participate in the national anthem. We will not stand for the injustice that has plagued people of color in our country. Out of love for our country and in honor of the sacrifices made on our behalf, we unite to oppose those that would deny our most basic freedoms. We remain committed in continuing to work towards equality and justice for all. Respectfully, the players of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, a lot, you know, some people aren't necessarily very nice about the way they responded to the president, and that's their right. And that's, you know, kind of what he deserves, to be perfectly honest. But uh, some people are very respectful in their statements. Like, I guess the Bears had a statement that a lot of fans didn't like, but uh, I, I thought it was pretty neutral and not necessarily uh, supportive of what the president said. And, you know, I'm I'm okay with this protest. Like, I teach black and Latino kids. They get oppressed and thrown away from society all the time, and it's ridiculous. It's extremely unfair, and I feel like they need a better voice. And if you're going to protest, you make sure you do it on the biggest stage because people need to see you and they need to understand why you're doing it. It's not because I hate my country. It's be precisely because you love your country and you want to see it better that you protest. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the people are saying it's not the time or the place. What is a good place to protest that's going to get more attention for what you're trying to do than a national freaking TV you think if he had a, held a press conference that it'd be carried, talked about for more than a couple of days? No. He's right there, front and center, and now it's been talked about for over a year, and it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. And I, I don't know what more there is to say. Like, I... But let's admit it. I do want to kind of flush out people that I just can't get along with from our page. Like, I I post these things because I care, and I also want to see, like, who is somebody who I can't talk to with an open mind. Like, if you're going to debate me in a civil manner and not accuse me of, of baiting, that that's one thing. But if you're always going to be one of those people who flies a Confederate flag and basically takes the side of what is wrong, then... I simply don't want to associate with you, and that's part of the reason why I do it. The bigger part, though, is that I think these stories are important. Like, we are human. We are all American citizens. We need to make sure that our country stays great and awesome for our future generations. I don't know if you ever plan to have kids with your wife now, but uh, if you, that ever happens, you want to make sure that the country that he's born into is a good one. I have a 12-year-old son. He's soon to be 13. He's He needs to understand that this country is great and we can rise past this weirdness that's happening right now. Oh, absolutely. And while we are a Cubs page, we're a baseball page first, and damn it, some things are bigger than sports. And the crap that's going on right now, not only in this country, but in this world, it takes center stage, man. And sometimes we just can't stick to sports. We've got to stand up for what's right. And if that costs us a few followers here or there, so be it. I mean, 
I love talking with the Cubs. I could talk with the Cubs forever. From their past, their present, their future. I love the Cubs. One of my all-time favorite things in the world. But there's a lot of bad shit going on. And sometimes that's got to take center stage. Yeah. And there'll be days that we might just do a media blackout, just not post anything and mm. in respect to something like we did a few years ago with the Sandy Hook incident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some things just need to be focused on more than sports. And right. I get it. Sports are supposed to be our distraction. But sports can't make somebody feel better about the crap that they're going through all the mm. time. Yeah. And what do you think about what Joe Madden said the other day before he corrected himself this morning? Because I think the media was kind of baiting him on stuff. Like he. Oh, media loves to bait people. I don't yeah. like the media. They like causing trouble, but that's kind of their job to get to the bottom of things, get the truth out. Yeah, I think uh, Joe is sort of like an old school guy. Like he's an old white guy who is rich now but he comes from a blue-collar background, and so he has a lot of opinions that might be counter to what you would consider traditionally liberal. Uh, at the same time, I think he respects people enough to you know, basically not be a blatant racist, to understand that there are certain things that he can do to, for example, help integrate his hometown of Hazleton in Pennsylvania uh, to keep donating to, you know, uh, food pantries uh, during his thanksmas thing and, uh, you know, other charitable events that he, he hosts. So I, I feel like he's fundamentally a good guy. He just sometimes says things that are a little off, and I don't think the media helps. No, the media tries to make things sound bigger than what they are. And then you have people who read into his comments all too much mm-hmm. and like with his one comment about his hometown where he more or less was saying, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right, and right. That, got, that got blown way out of proportion when he said, if you don't help, well, you're going to die. Yeah. Basically saying, if you guys don't come together and fix this community, it's going to crumble and everything you live for and work for is going to fall apart and you're going to have nothing. But yeah. people took that the wrong way, basically thinking he was telling them, I hope you die, which is the furthest thing from the truth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I didn't even think think of it that way. Yeah, the most recent one that I was thinking of, though, is when he said that the presidency should be respected. And I Oh, no, I agree. It should be yeah. respected, but at some point, you got to earn that respect. Right. And I think he clarified it uh, earlier Sunday because he said, I totally understand why the athletes are doing what they do. I respect their right to do so. I wish things were better and things things of that nature, so I'm paraphrasing now. But I feel like he meant no malice from it. He wasn't just, like, telling them, you know, you respect the president or else, like, you know, we'll put you in front of a firing squad or something. He didn't say anything like that. He was just, you know, saying what was on his mind, and that's part of the reason why he ended up going to the – House a second White House a second time to meet the president after they met with the former President Obama. Uh, that's part of the reason why he keeps saying, you know, you got to respect the presidency. Like that's just the way he thinks. But I don't think he's a racist, and I think he's more than cognizant of why people are protesting, which is more than I can say about some people. Like they're not protesting the fact that America is evil. They're protesting the fact that certain people within America are making it worse for you know, our fellow citizens. And I think that's an important distinction to make. I agree 100%. Yeah. The beauty and the history in this cathedral The sky so blue against the grass so green Like time stood still And I, I feel like this is a perfect segue for us to go into what we discussed. Uh, now that the brewers are all but eliminated, let's have some story time with Cato Kalin. What, what do you think? Should we go check his Twitter feed right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Go okay. read uh, Cato's tweet. He cured the infection with one small injection while raging on uttered some interjections. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, because some people apparently don't know, like when 
uh, Ben and I were growing up, there was this whole big thing with a white Bronco and a double murder. And apparently, uh, Cato Kalin was a guy who, after uh, after O.J. Simpson murdered or allegedly wrongfully deathed his wife, ex-wife, and her boyfriend, they went to McDonald's and Cato Kalin was a driver or something like that. So uh, let's see what's going on with Cato. Uh, this is today. He's retweeting a bunch of stuff. I, I I still feel like it's an act, but let's let's start with uh, today. Goodbye, Twitter. As I said on Wednesday, at Brewers will lose three of four. It's over. Council, you lost it for your team in April and May. Team sucks. And continued. Oh, there's more. There's more. Let's let's see what else he said. Uh, yeah, if you haven't been following me the entire season, he is a 100% riot. The things that he says. Yeah. Catching flit. What the heck does flit means? S L T. Oh, football. I will miss rest of the game. Packers at Brewers. Glad I will miss my predictions with Brewers. 100% correct. Milwaukee plays to lose, not win. Okay. And now the Packers are losing, so he's even. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let, let's uh, skip to a few days back because I'm pretty sure. Officially retired from tweeting at Brewers. I'm dressed to dominate at Wizard World all week. The pain was too much to endure with Brewers. No playoffs. All right. So effing de- depressed by the Brewers. You ruined it for the city. Drake, just quit. Walk off the mound now. Bases loaded one out bottom of the ninth, and we lose. This was one of the extra inning games that the Cubs won. Uh, I, I believe that was Friday night. <laughs> I haven't told you. You suck forever at Brewers. Forever. Drake was great. Call council. You can't manage a checkbook. Goodbye. Season over. Really over. Wait. This was, uh, I guess, the day before. Uh... No, this was the same day that uh, Drake. So so he's like kind of kind of manic depressive about this, huh? Oh, my gosh. There's so much more. <laughs> oh, there's so much more. He's been going on the entire season. But yeah. it's a very, very good entertaining. And he, he has no problem talking to other people about it either. But it's very, very entertaining and has been the entire season. Mm-hmm. Are you cooking something in the background? Oh, nah. That's my lovely wife who's making yeah. something. Oh, yeah. I hope she's making something for you, too. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. getting hungry. Delicious. <laughs> Oh, this one's a funny one. He's got a picture of one of the replays that I think the Rurers lost to the Cubs. It's probably the one where Ian Happ made it the first, uh, and they called him safe, and they couldn't overturn it. The cords are connected to the dude's testicles, and he's loving it. So he every now and then he has a good gem. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't really want to search back to see the hashtag we are puke poop one, but yeah. Uh, he's got so much. I, I, I think now that the Brewers are pretty much all but eliminated, we're not going to follow Cato as much. But he even said, Braun is not a starter. Get rid of him at Brewers. Ryan Braun is like one of the greatest Brewers players of all time, steroids or not. So it's, I, I don't know. He, he doesn't, uh, he's obviously a really big Brewers fan, but I, I don't think he knows enough about the sport to tweet about it. No, which is what makes it so much fun and entertaining. The love affair with us is quite a romance, but until now the story stayed the same. But you changed. Speaking of Twitter follows, uh, we think you should follow us. So there's Ben Anno Catuli, the at WSDreaming WS underscore Cubs. And that's the official World Series Dreaming Twitter. Like, retweets are not endorsements, and tweets are our opinions, not yours. So you follow at your own risk. (laughs) (laughs) I am, of course, at Cubix Narconia. You can, of course, find us on our Facebook, uh, where we keep tweeting whether you like it or not, at uh, wsd.cubs. Uh, our site is at worldseriesdreaming.com, and that's where you'll find our blogs when we can blog. Uh, 
at some point when Andy returns from Korea, hopefully they don't bomb the hell out of us because the president says something dumb. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I think they can bomb Guam, but they can't bomb us yet. And, you know, we really feel bad about Guam as well. So We love you guys. Yeah, sorry, Guam. Uh, stay safe. But when Andy comes back, hopefully he'll blog some. Hopefully when you have time, you'll blog some, so I'm not the only guy trying so. to <laughs> generate content. We do want to thank Rich Deanna, our awesome former contributor to World Series Dreaming, for his song that we use for our theme song and for interstitial music. We want to thank Randall Sanders, also a great follow, for providing us with the final out call from the World Series that, you know, the Cubs kind of won, and hopefully we'll get to defend. Oh, absolutely. I think we have a great shot. Yep. Just get in and win. Uh, we want you to rate and share our podcast since you've listened this long. Uh, rate us on iTunes so we can generate, like, you know, if it's one star, great. If it's five stars, even greater. But, you know, write some reviews for us. And please email us, Please too. do. WorldSeriesDreaming at gmail.com. Any final words, sir? Um, Not really. Just that we'll talk to you guys after we clinch the National League Central. Yep, I'll probably be next week. Uh, are you you're going to any of the weekend games? Are you going to both? Possibly going to both. Yeah, so, so that's the last series in Wrigley Field until the NLDS, probably Game Three. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. I, I'm Alrighty. pretty sure you dropped your money already, so you might as well go and oh, enjoy yeah. yourself, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to us and following us at World Series Dreaming, and go Cubs. Bye-bye. It was more than just a game. I don't sound like Darth Vader anymore, do I? Like when I breathe. No, and you, not you, at all. Yeah, I can't hear your breathing either, so I think we're doing fine on on the sound. Like it, it used to be, I, I was in deep space or something. It was stupid.